0: Um, I believe that it's important that as long as we are alive, we are students. It's very, it's very important to always approach life, um, as a student. Um, and I'm grateful to be able to have an opportunity to speak to you, to address you and to encourage you, um, this morning. Um, Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning thanking you for being the Holy Spirit who is always training us for what's to come. We are grateful, Lord, that you are committed to our future, to the success of our future. Help us, Lord, to become who you intended for us to become and for helping us to achieve the goals that you help us to set. In the name of Jesus, and everyone who believe in their own success, say amen. Amen. I want you to look at something this morning.
1: We've been brainwashed. Yes been Brainwashed. Think about it. We went to kindergarten, and if we were mediocre, we got promoted to the next level called elementary school. We went to elementary school. If we were at least mediocre, we got promoted to high school. Am I right or wrong? And all you had to do is be mediocre in high school, and some of you guys were a pain in the butt and they graduated you anyway because they didn't want to deal with you the next year. Am I right or wrong? So, we've been conditioned to get promoted even if we're mediocre, mistake. We've been conditioned that someone else is in charge of our promotion, our next level. I'm here to tell you as a former professional athlete, all we talked about was the next level and most people think the next level is a cliché. The next level is not a cliche. The next level is a lifestyle. The next level is a tangible place.
0: Repeat after me. Say, the next level is not a cliche. cliche. With a little bit of conviction. The next level is not a cliche. cliche. Say, the next level is a lifestyle. I uh, have a level of conviction about Um, about being a teacher. I I believe that if I wasn't doing what I am doing, I probably would have some hand in being a a professional in education. Um, I I have a passion, especially for those who are leaving high school and who are leaving college. Um, I graduated from Spelman College uh, went there because Elder Yule, like for like four years, he was like, you should go, you should go, you should go. And I, I uh, didn't start there. I started at um, uh, Perimeter College and then I went on to finish my degree uh, at, at Spelman. And it was, it was difficult. Um, what I used to do was I would write my notes in the main body of the paper that was before uh, it's so funny I was in college when you weren't bringing your computer to to class you actually had to write notes on paper Uh, and so on the paper if you look if you remember paper You know that there's a side margin on the outside. You know there's the, the blue strips, and then on the outside you have a little space. On that little space, I used to write notes there, questions, so that when I got home, I could talk to my father about what I felt like, what they were trying to teach me at, at, at my college, and it was it was awesome because I felt like I it immediately I felt like they were trying to indoctrinate me inject me with a new or a different sense of morality of, of standard of a, a, new, a new type of character they wanted to they wanted I knew they were trying to produce a particular type of person I don't know what that I know what it was it was because I didn't enter Spelman as a 17 or 18 year old I was about I don't know in my 20s and, uh, and so immediately I felt assaulted my my, my, my uh, I felt like my upbringing, the the standard that I was raised with was assaulted. And I knew that that something wasn't right so I would go home and I would have these great conversations with my father as a result of the the, the classes that I was forced to take. In fact, the first class I was it was it was a class that, Every person who graduated from Spelman had to take. And I knew that they were dichotomizing, that is, to draw a line, a um, a separation between white and black, men and women, young and old, uh, good and evil, and defining what that was supposed to be. And as a result, it was so funny, I, I became a little bit of a rebel, and I developed a underground news letter and I called it but naked it was where I addressed whatever upset me by applying biblical presuppositions to 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 the issue that that upset me that week, if they were trying to tell me what was right and what was wrong, and it didn't match up to the standard I was raised with, I would write one letter about it. And then I'd have—I was a leader in the in the in the church, and so I had the teenagers. I would fill them, put them in a the van, and we'd drive over to the to AU Center, and it, they would put the, the newsletter everywhere in everybody's cars. Uh, and and some of these crazy—they was going inside of the. Of the student faculty and putting them inside of the faculty uh, of, uh, mailboxes, and I would come to class and they would say things. Well, we're not trying to indoctrinate you, you know. We're not trying to do this and that. And I knew that they had read what I had put out. Didn't tell them who, but it was so interesting and so much fun uh, uh, just to just to see them squirm. Uh, because I feel like when. We, we spend 15, 16, 17 years indoctrinating our children, only to raise them and throw them to the wolves. And then by the end of college, it, sometimes, a lot of times, it, it's like they have forgotten or it has erased all that that were that they were raised in. But I just don't believe that about those who were raised in this church, I believe that the seeds that were sown will come, will grow and come to fruition, that they will, they will, you will, you will, you will accomplish God's purpose for your life. If you're going to do that though, you need, this, you need three tools for next level living. You need three tools for next level living. It's not going to be long. Sydney, you were excellent today. It's so funny. I see your mama in you and your daddy in you, it's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. And Christian, you were good too, sir. I salute all of you graduates. But what I need you to do is I need you to make sure you're taking the things that I'm going to give you. In fact, I want to commit to you uh, to be that person If you need, make sure you get my number because you're going to need somebody to bounce some things off of when you're indoctrinated and when you come and learn some things. Get my number, I promise you I'll answer the phone and we can have a great conversation. Three tools that you're going to need for next level living. The first one is identity. If you don't know who you are, you're going to fall for everything. If you don't know that there is a greater call to your life than you just being an African American, then uh, we've, we've, got to, we've got some work to do. Who are you? Can you answer that question? It's not too early for you to be sure about the answer to that question. First Peter 2. 9 through 10, I'm going to tell you who you are. You can grapple with how and why we get to that in just a moment. In fact, we need to commit to you to do some, some teaching about how to think. We're going to put some things together, make sure we do that for parents and for kids. Because now, if, you, if you, we don't do it before high school, we're almost too late. God have mercy. Identity is the first tool. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, it says, but you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of the darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. Turn to somebody, point at them. I know your mama told you not to. Point at them and say, now you are. At one time you knew nothing about God's mercy, but because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched in it. You are God's chosen Treasure, treasure, And you have a responsibility to shine as his treasure Especially if you're graduating from college You're going into the world And now it is your responsibility to represent who God says you are So very important Mm-hmm Number two, because I'm not going to be long before you. Number two, doesn't matter what level of school you are. In fact, if you're out of school, this is probably, actually all of these are important for us all. The second thing I really want you to make sure that you have is discipline. A tool for next level living is discipline. Here's a question. Who do you have self-control? Who possesses you? Are you led by your emotions? Are you led by your thoughts? You know, you can smell something and it can change the the, the whole spirit of your day. It's important that you have discipline. That is, that you possess yourself. Interesting, gonna do a little bit more talking about that uh, in in just a moment. First Corinthians 9, 27, it's a lot in that verse but I just wanna concentrate on one part 1 Corinthians 9, 20 says, but I train like a champion. I'm reading in the Passion Translation for both those two two verses. I know you've heard them differently, but I like the way this this one reads. It says, but I train like a champion athlete. What I love about that is you already assume that the end result is that you're gonna win. But if you assume that, then that means you have to do what it says. It says, I subdue my body And I get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I I won't disqualify myself. Here's the deal. Don't be disqualified. Or ask the question, what has the potential to disqualify you? Are there things in your self-discipline, things regarding your mind, the way that you think, Things regarding how you treat your body. Things about your, your, uh, your sexual discipline. That's why she said it in the pulpit in a white cape. Your sexual discipline. Do you possess yourself? What about your emotional control? I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's one thing to be uh, mentally and intelli- uh, in- intelligent. It's a whole other deal to be emotionally intelligent. And as you go out into the world, it's gonna be, it's not enough talked about regarding how to to relate to people. It is a skill that you are gonna need for the rest of your life. Discipline is what I'm talking about. One One of the greatest ways to deal with discipline is repetition. And anything that you're doing over and over again gets boring. But when you become an adult, boredom does not lead you. When you become an adult, you do things because it is right, not because it feels right. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. Tools for next level living. The first one is identity. Question, who are you? Number two is discipline. The question, do you possess yourself? Do you have Self-control. I'm thinking just now, and, and Paul wrote to the Galatians, he said that self-control was a fruit of the Spirit. Well, we got to remember that fruit is the last thing to grow on a tree. So if you have self-control, that means you must be full of the Spirit, which leads me to the last tool, very important, probably one of the most and it probably uh, defines the other two, but I'll use it just a little bit differently. The third one is moral purity, moral purity. Here's the question, who defines your morality? How do you know what is right and what is wrong? Isn't that an interesting question? If you let yourself define it, especially American culture says you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then whatever you feel like is right at that moment is right. How many of you know that if we did that, if we went that way, we'd have a chaotic world? If we let what's popular Define what is right Social media says That whatever is socially accepted Is right Man, how, do you, how many of you know That is why we have the chaos that we do One of the most brilliant And diabolical things About social media Is that it's free That means anybody can do posts Anything. I don't, I don't know if you know, but you, do you know that you right now can go on Wikipedia and add anything to, to the definition? Yes. Because the value of what's right and wrong is, is um, the standard is whatever is Popular. This is another reason why words change all all the time. We can't even trust what's legal to define right and wrong. And now we have issues with defining what gender is and whether or not weed should or should not be smoked, inhaled. Can't even trust the law. My God. Moral purity. It's a very important thing. There's so many things I can say about moral purity. Here's what I want you to concentrate on it. it. Sydney, you said it. What, here's the question, what is the value of your relationship with Jesus Christ? What is the value of your relationship With Jesus Christ. I promise you, whichever level you're going to in your life be it into high school, out of high school, into college, out of college, already out of college, deciding whether or not you're going to be married or you're going to pursue a career, whether you're going to how you're going to raise your children, how you're going to decide what career you go into I promise you, this question here will be affected. What is your value of your relationship with Jesus Christ? If you don't know the difference between right and wrong, you got to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ. What will happen to you is found in two scriptures really quickly. Romans six sixteen through 18 and then very quickly Philippians 2.13 I'm talking about defining right and wrong it says don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey you can be a slave to sin which leads to death or you can choose to obey God which leads to righteousness righteousness or holiness, or moral purity. Thank God you were slaves of sins, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from slavery to sin. It says, free from slavery to sin, and you have become a slave to righteousness. Who defines right and wrong? I promise you, this will be tested. And the moment you go to yourself and what feels right, I promise you're going to get it wrong. Unless you are full of Jesus. The moment you go to what's only socially accepted, I promise you're going to find a dead end. The moment you rely on laws that are continually, even now being passed, that are an assault, a direct assault on all that is kingdom of God, I promise you all of your presuppositions that you have based your life on are going to crumble. The only thing that you can say stand sure on and have a future that he intended to have the success that he intended for you to have Is whether or not you have placed on the highest value your relationship with Jesus Christ he is the standard he's the one he's the one that can take your life and maybe up to now you haven't quite gotten it right and you didn't value the relationship with the Lord Jesus as much as you should have. And maybe you've kind of made some decisions that were based off of what felt good to you and you might find yourself in a place where you feel like a failure or you're not gonna be able to accomplish it or it's your life and your future is right out of reach. It's okay because the most brilliant thing about Jesus is he's alive, he was raised from the dead so that he can do something in you so that you can go and affect your culture, affect your generation. The world is growing dark as we speak. Now is the time for believers to shine. Now is the time for you to get it right. Now is the time for you to raise the value of holiness, raise the value of moral purity, raise the value of being right before God. Listen, I'm not talking about following all the rules. That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, it is impossible in your humanity for you to absolutely get it right every single time. God has to do something in you. In fact, Philippians Philippians 2, verse 13, this is one of my favorite scriptures. This one you should probably memorize. Philippians 2, verse 13, it's a very short chapter, a verse. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, for God is working in you, giving you both the desire and the power. To do what pleases him. What's the value? The value is what pleases him. The focus is not what you shouldn't be doing, what you can't do, what you're not supposed to be doing. If you are focused on that, you might bump into the wrong thing. But the moment that you focus on who Jesus is and what he did so that you can have success in your life, then what happens is something starts happening to you and even the definition of what is fun becomes redefined. The definition of what you should be doing, what is right and what is wrong becomes surely defined. And then what happens is not only do you have the power to make the right decision, Paul says you have the very desire to do what is right. That's the pulse we take today. Where is your desire? Is it just to make a lot of money? Is it just to be comfortable? Is it just to be successful according to what social media says is success? I promise you it's a filter. I promise you it's been manipulated. We end up following a lie. Today is about saying yes to God who wants to work in you. Now, why is this important? Because the Lord wants us to affect the world. And if you are infected with the world, you cannot change the world. And I'm sorry, if you are born of this people, led by the Lord Jesus and Flynn and Carolyn Johnson, then you have a responsibility to be greater than average. You have a responsibility to do better than just make C's. Average is the best of the worst and the worst of the best average is the enemy of greatness it's the enemy of success we have a responsibility to do that and the way that we do it is we know who we are we possess ourselves and we please the Lord with those three things failure will never be an option with those three things Man, we're going we gonna to turn this world right side up. And I believe in you. And that's why today we want to pray for you. We want, to, want you to be injected with what you need to be successful. That is, become the person who he created you to be and achieve every single goal that he helps you to set. Congratulations, you have been set up for success. What we'd like to do is we'd like to pray for the graduates and maybe those of you who need to place Jesus in a different level of value. It's okay to, to want to turn up the value of your relationship with the Lord Jesus. I promise you it is the only way you're going to reach the success God intended for you to have. Uh, Bishop, how, how would you like to, uh, to do this? If you would graduates, if you would come to the, to the altar and, and come all the way across